Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. We're live. We're live. Taco Tuesday's live. Taco Tuesday's live. We've got Tony Merwin today. I'm balder than Christian. <laughs> Tony What's up, Merwin. Man? I actually up, thought that Taco was my floodlight in the distance over here, but that is your head, isn't it? <laughs> what what's what's up, Taco Joke's Tuesday so Army? Well twice. Um we're doing our once a month live stream and um, yeah. we couldn't find, we couldn't think of a more fitting guest to have on than a um, friend of the show, friend of the group. Um, Mr. Couldn't Tony. Find a better guest. Like, well, they're all booked. I guess we'll get Tony yeah. back on. He was only list. our sixth choice. You know, our whole list. Um, <laughs> I was in the abandoned leads down there at the bottom. <laughs> so if, if we were trying to talk to, a couple of people about guests. Tony was about right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the there bottom of the Glengarry leads. That's right. Um, I'm Christian Brindle. He's Glenn Shelton. And he's Tony Merwin. No, he's Glenn Shelton. I'm Tony <laughs> in the middle. I think our names are printed at the bottom, though, if they can read. They are yeah. insurance agents, though. Well, um, if, if, if anyone that's ever sent email, important Shots email fired. communications to agents knows that they cannot read. Um, Christian, as is mandatory now, Red Bull before the start of every one of these. Cheers. All right, I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a whole case under my desk next time we do this. I thought I didn't bring Red Bull. I brought tacos. It's Taco <laughs> Tuesday. I thought that I was the tradition. Well, you bring tacos, so I brought. It is tacos. a tradition. Um, I've been very bad about this tradition this <laughs> season. Tony, talk to us about your tacos. We. Help Let's us. talk about this. Let's talk about your tacos. You know, I also want to say one of our first Taco Tuesdays with Tony, you guys, if for the true fans out there, I'll never forget. He had he was plated, guys. He was plated. He had his wine pairing. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like who's ta- who's the host of this show? Is Those it- were brisket tacos I had cooked too. Oh, that's when we were amazing. all stuck at home. We couldn't go anywhere. I know. So I was just cooking and you were, we were, we were limited to one beef item, two meats, one beef. So I just get a 14, 16 pound brisket. There's my one beef item. I'd cook that and Grace and I would eat on it for two weeks. So, you know, that was about probably the fifth different item of brisket I'd had was when I made those brisket tacos for that first one. And they were delicious. Tony, they Tony, were- let's talk about, um, your the your your travel schedule. Yes, right? I I feel like you travel more than a Fortune 500 CEO these days. Um, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Um, let's talk, talk about, about 
Let's talk Tony, about it a little bit. So I was going to say, if I had to give like, if someone was like, hey, what does Tony Merwin do? I'd be like, oh, he is a Medicare insurance agent event uh, host. That's his oh. primary host job. Would be a little strong. MC, personality. <laughs> um, when I hear MC though, not, I'm, they don't you, coordinate much at these events. There's like, you show up, do your thing and stay out of our way. Okay. I can when, do that. When I hear MC, though, I'm expecting, like, the beat to come okay, in. Like, what? <laughs> By the way, Tony, if you're not expecting it, that's what you're going to be doing. At the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a techno guy, though. I'm like. Glow sticks. I saw the list. I saw the list. Tony had this list, you guys, he posted. He's already crossed out, like, half of them. Um, events that he will be at that you can meet up with the infamous Mr. Tony Merwin at. Tony, what's next on your list? Uh, Philadelphia, which is uh, next Friday. Alex will be up there Thursday, Friday, come back Saturday. And then I go to Springfield immediately the weekend after that for the, for the 8% virtual. Uh, but yeah, that's the, it's the road to 8% nation. It's our fifth stop. It's billed as Philadelphia. It's actually just right across the river in Cherry Hill like 15 minutes outside of the Philadelphia airport. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, we've been lining up panelists and other speakers in the area. That's one of the things I really do like about that event, as a matter of fact, isn't since we're talking about that, but um, we have our core set of speakers, right? Cody, myself, Pete, Roger Short, Jesse Park, Juanita Coley. Um, and then we round up people that are specifically in that territory, right? So we can work with them directly and help them and help elevate their business. So I think that's a, a really cool element. It's not the same show every time. Matter of fact, I think I'm the only person there that gives the same talk every time. And that's just because I'm the <laughs> just opener. Do the I'm deal? like, Hey, let's meet everybody. Just do the so, deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little more polished version of it. So since you heard it, <laughs> finally figured out I... some timing on some jokes. <laughs> Christian, I uh, already talked about conferences earlier this year. And one of the things I said is I, I feel like the smaller events, sometimes a little more intimate, sometimes you can get more out of it than some of the bigger events. Obviously, mileage varies, but I think that's awesome. I love I love the, you know, being local, uh, getting the people who might not travel, right? Mm -hmm. The agents who, who don't have the budget to travel to maybe a national event. I think that's super helpful. So you heard it right here, you guys. Philadelphia, technically Cherry Hill. Get your tickets. 8% yep. road show. February 11th, uh, Friday. And it starts at 9 a.m. sharp. So you want to get there a little bit early. Make sure you get a good seat. So, Tony, I, I had a question for you to kind of kick this off because, you know, we, we always want to we always want to bring as much value to the 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 tacoites or the I'm not, I've stopped saying the other term I use for them because it's kind of, <laughs> it's it can, season it's three, we're professionals now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're more politically correct these days. Season but, three? Um, season yes. three, Tony. I guess yeah. so, right? You launched this in 2020. 2020, yeah. When we were all locked yep. up. Man, that was, it seems like Isn't that was just crazy? a couple of weeks ago. I, that's, that's nuts. I was just talking to my wife about that. It feels yeah. like it was just a couple weeks ago. And here we are. Good for you guys, man. Thanks 100 episodes? Cool. Uh, we're gonna hit it this year. We're we're right this is about seventy. Okay. Yeah. It's right funny that I, I can't believe that you, that I can't remember how many episodes we've done. But then like Glenn's like I know off the top of my head, like I I'm just a numbers. Know. I'm a numbers guy. 
I like the um, numbers. So one thing I wanted to ask you, Tony, is like, you know, you have really broke out into the scene in terms of like um, being being a part of events, speaking at events, you know, supporting events and, you know, um, helping out with a lot of events, of course, you know, helping out with ours and um, Justin's and Cody and everything like that. What do you feel like is the number one thing that a person should look to gain by traveling to an event in 2022? I mean, there's one, it depends on the event, but there is so much, at least at the events that I attend and that I would encourage agents to attend um, things like 8% nation, Medicare con six figure Medicare summit coming up the road to 8% nation. There are smaller events as well. Like we had the digital frontier workshop here in Austin just recently uh, to Glenn's point. That was a super intimate event. I think we only had 18 or 20 people as guests and another eight or 10 speakers. Uh, and it got super deep, super granular, because that, that was a nice thing about having a more intimate event. We could really get into the weeds a little more because we could be right. a little more interactive with the audience because it was a smaller audience. Right. So questions are like, you got 300 people. It's hard to really right. do that. Right. You have to just command the audience and then maybe open up Q&A later. Um, but as far as something to gain, something to gain to put in your business. If you number one, if you know of a problem you're having in your business, an inefficiency or a challenge you're trying to overcome, go with that in mind. And usually most of these events, they're going to tell you who's speaking. And at minimum, you'll know what their skill set usually falls around if you're paying any attention whatsoever. Right. Like if I see Christian Brindle build as an event speaker, I know I'm probably going to hear about Medicare supplement over the phone and social media organic, just like feed the beast. Like those are the lanes of the areas you're going to talk about. You're not going to all of a sudden throw some weird cross-selling long-term care talk on us. Like I, I, I know, you know, I'm not going to be surprised by what you're, the, 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 the space that you're going to be in. So if you're thinking of attending event, look up the speakers. Is there somebody there that's likely to speak on the topic that you're trying to solve and yeah. then go. And I, the price of attendance for any of these events is worth that one tip. It's a couple more apps in most cases. Right. I mean, the agent right. was talking to me about paying uh, 500 to go to the Digital Frontier Conference. I'm like, you don't think you can pick up one tip to sell one more MAPD app? That's that's the exact argument I get in with it. Like, so this is kind of a tan and I don't want to get too far off topic here. But with when I'm talking about how valuable an, an agent's time is and specifically like whether you need an assistant or not. Mm-hmm. And specifically, well, I only need someone for 30 hours a week. I don't need 40 hours a week. It's like, okay, well, that 10 hours that you're talking about, that's like one or two apps a month. Like that, you're talking about 40 hours to pay an assistant. You're paying them, let's say, 15 bucks an hour. You know, you're you're literally talking about three, six hundred bucks a month. That's like two apps. Right. So you're telling me that 40 hours a month you can't get two apps and yeah, it's directly applicable to knowledge that you can gain at a conference, right? Like you can't spend one or two apps worth of commission to, to potentially level up. I mean, it, it blows my mind when they, when, when agents can't, they can't grasp it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They can't figure that out Um, because they look at it as an expense, not an investment. Yes. The first part of the problem. Your yes. beauty is like, oh, oh. I got to spend all this oh. money versus like, hey, am I worth $2,000 or am I worth 1000 And if you don't think that's true, well, you should probably get a job because you're worth oh. a lot more than that. You are worth a lot more than that as, as a person and as an insurance agent. 
So don't sell yourself so shortly. Value yourself, number one, enough to be able to invest in and quit looking. It was like, uh, I got to squeeze the fist and, and expend this money. And who's talking? I don't know who these people are. They're probably all going to try to recruit me. I've been to, I don't know how many events in the last two years, and I'm going to be at another 12 events over the next eight months or less than eight months. I have not been to an event yet that I've tried, anybody's tried to recruit me. And I don't try to recruit people at events. None of the events that we're going to now, the insurance event space has changed so much. I'm sure there are still some masses of assets recruiting events out there somewhere. I haven't heard about them. Nobody that I work with is doing them. All of these events are the ability to for us to pour back into the agents that need the help. We want to lift up the industry. And that did not exist five years ago in the space. So if, you, if you're an agent out there and that's your hesitancy, is, oh, I don't want to go and go get recruited or pitched or sold. I can guarantee you're not going to get recruited. You might get pitched lightly, but nobody's ramming stuff down your throat. And if they are selling you something, I, every time it's a great value, right? Like I think you sold a, a course maybe at MedicareCon. I don't remember if you were promoting a specific discount, one of your courses. Uh, Eric Fierro was like a lot of these guys were offering, hey, if you want to hear more, I mean, and I always bugs me when salespeople get offended by being sold. I like being sold. I, I enjoy it. It's the thing, like, I mean, we if assuming values coming, right, right, right. I mean, I think salespeople are the easiest people to sell. They should be, you know, like they're they're the easiest people to sell to other salespeople because they, I think they have a an understanding for kind of maybe what that salesperson goes to. They have an appreciation for a good communicator, a good conversationalist, and and somebody that really makes a compelling argument. And like, I know for me, like, I'm a sucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if you come at are. me with value, like I'm up, shut up and take my money. Right. Like I'll check it out. You know, I, I love to test things. I love to keep my mind open to new opportunities that I think might help me. You know, I'm not an idiot, but I definitely will. If you show me value and a really good price point, like I'm not going to argue with you. Like I see if I can see the value in it, I'm going to spend my money and get it. Um, and it's it goes back to the other anecdote that you sell like you buy. Right. Right. If you're one of those very hesitant, uh, I don't know if I should buy this. I don't know if I should invest on it. Well, that's kind of how you sell too. And that's why people don't buy from you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Tony, we have a question here from Mr. Jeff Fry. Jeff, this is why we like doing the live shows. I appreciate your question, guys. If you have any other questions for any of us, please comment below this video. We'd love to answer them. So I love this question too. Yeah. Jeff says, uh, Tony, I like your studio setup. I'd like to know what camera and lens you use to record your videos. Also, do you recommend video marketing for independent agents? Tony. Just a short answer to the last question because it's super easy. 100% right. video marketing. Absolutely. And don't get yourself to start with the rest of the question. Don't get yourself caught up in quality of video. Kept, uh, worry about quality of content that's in the video more. You can grab your iPhone, your Android, whatever ilk you're on, and hold it up. Um, there is a big name. I'll just say it because we're friends. I don't think anybody cares. But Justin Brock started his Facebook ads by just holding up his iPhone and talking to it and giving a little lesson and then putting, I think, in Canva and putting a phone number on there. Now, obviously, he's in a new space and he's a whole much more quality. I've watched the quality of Christian's video production grow over the last few years as well. But same thing. Yeah. When you started, it was a lot rougher. Don't get yourself paralyzed. Number one, just feel free to use your thing, your your phone. Um, 
and run with it from there. Whether it's TikTok, Facebook Live, doesn't matter. Uh, in regards to my setup, uh, you're currently watching me through my laptop camera, Microsoft Surface Pro. Um, I was on a StreamYard, I guess, last week. Uh, and somebody commented, messing. It's like, wow, what? I was on Brad uh, Hannon's uh, Insurance Sucks podcast. And oh, yeah. Everybody, like his, him and uh, Sean King, and then the other cat that does Brad's video, they were all asking me, like, man, what camera are you using? I'm like, uh, this is just it's my the laptop. Li- it's the lighting. That's what <laughs> this is. A re- lighting it's helps. It's the camera. It's, it's a really good camera. Lighting. It's, it's definitely yeah, the lighting. Helps. I mean, it's, it's definitely the lighting. Like, I, I, I can you know, a hundred percent agree with everything Tony just said. I mean, I think so many agents when it comes to creating content for your business or, you know, using video ads, there's nothing more powerful in terms of running an ad than a video. It's very, very um, personal, right. For, for the consumer, they, they, they almost feel like they know you at a certain extent. Um, You know, I think there's nothing that's exploded my business more than being willing to put myself in front of a camera. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, really what it comes down to is like, I started my, all of our, you know, you, I started both of our YouTube channels with iPhones and, you know, just, I mean, certain things and like, you know, I've probably six different cameras that I use interchangeably, but like, I think agents really overanalyze, I need this camera, I need this light, I need this software. And it's just such bullshit. Like just I mean, turn a you, camera on, make yeah, a video. The get cameras on these the phones are so sick now. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, do you know they're really money, so good. They're incredible. You know money you have to spend to get a better camera than this? <laughs> That's about as much as the iPhone itself. Yeah, you have to spend quite a bit. I mean, like it, we we do have a nice camera for our for the professional videos that we do that we that right. put out there on YouTube and whatever, um, kind of more more commercial stuff. Uh, that is a Panasonic, I think seven seventy X or something like that. Probably about six seven hundred dollars, maybe. Um, I have two cameras at home. I have another Panasonic that's higher end. It's the nine seventy that I got on sale for seven hundred. And, uh, and I have a kick ass Nikon real, real, that is real, real smoking quick. hot. Real quick, guys, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah. I'm and I'm and Glenn and and Jeff. When I say that, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm just talking about agents in general. So don't please don't take what I said personally. I wasn't talking about you. Um, I was more talking I took about it personally. I, well, feel well, I, I was talking about Glenn. I was talking yeah. about <laughs> Glenn. So, but I, I just my lighting. This is my lighting set. I just reflect off this, you guys. <laughs> That's my lighting set right now. Yeah. That's what I, I'm counting on. Yeah, you are. This is how I get Tony's. I'm like, <laughs> Tony looks like he's on a beach. He's oiled up. Like I like you just want to like snuggle up with him. Like that lighting is incredible. <laughs> I do want to know the lighting. I have I have six lights. Can't even do this. The screen's so weird. I have six lights going on in here. I have wow. one big one in front of me, and one Ooh, of those I big monsters like that, right? That. Wow! With the with the screen over. <clears throat> then I have an LED light right over here that's boxed in, so you can direct yeah, the light, and that kind of shines yeah. and lights me up here and k- kills shadow. And then I have the two lamps for for fireside chat effect like stuff and then i have ground lighting shooting blue up which you can't see but you can see the kind of the blue stuff shannon our uh web guy and social media marketer here came up with all that that's awesome awesome. he put the whole he put the whole studio together i know like you know when we when we designed um my my studio in the office i haven't been using it as of late because i just 
it, it gives me a headache with the light shining on me. And to make that one work, we have to have the lights off, which I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Like, um, so I've, I've been kind of not being in the studio that we created <laughs> because I, I just been doing it in my office and at the home office and things like that. But like the lighting can make such a big difference. You know, you can yeah. use the exact same camera and if you get the lighting nailed just perfectly right, it, I mean, it almost looks like it's a, you know, completely different camera lens. All, all yeah. I was floored when he put it together and showed it to me the first time, especially when we looked on it through the lens, right. When we actually got some film on, on camera and we're able to look, go back and look at it, how nice it looked, uh, the depth of it. Uh, it, and it just, he just did a killer job. Like it blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. we had looked at some other places in the office and just couldn't really find it. And then we all agreed, you know, well, we're just going to build off that closet in the corner over there and turn it into a mini studio. Works great. Just threw up some acoustic tiles on it and Boom. put some shelving and just started rolling. You guys so, but we, had a, we, we knew exactly. We remember because we designed what we wanted it to look like before we ever bought anything. Right. We looked at some other podcasts and other videos that people were doing with a single person. Right. Uh, and just trying to figure out the look of the frame. We figured out the look and then we went and bought all this stuff to fill it up. Measure twice, cut once. I love it. Christian, yeah. what did you have a question before I interrupt? I feel, felt like you're about to ask something. I might have lost it. Come back to me. Okay, we'll come back to you. Um, Tony, I had something that I definitely wanted to ask you that Christian and I, we recorded. So uh, for those of you who've been following Taco Tuesday for a while, we used to do every single show like this live. We're going to be doing a lot more pre-recording just because scheduling wise, it's so much easier for Christian and I. Um, but we do still want to keep doing these live formats because this is what the show was built on. So, um, we have a pre-recorded episode where Christian and I talked about the FFL family first life letter that they received from the FTC about their, uh, misleading recruiting practices where essentially the FTC went through ads that family first life had put on social media specifically talking about compensation for agents. I'm curious to know, Mr. Merwin, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share on that whole uh, situation? I think it's a pile of crap, personally. Which I, I feel for FFL. Oh, okay. Whether, whether, well, at least I could say that I looked through some of the ads that were used as examples, and I know quite a few FFL people, not necessarily personally, I know a few, um, I wouldn't say I saw anything that was blatantly lying. If you if you can if you can read, there's no guarantees in there. It's stating possible income, and yeah, some of those numbers are pretty ridiculous. I see some FFL guys that make a ton of money, and they're generally guys with teams. They're not just an individual agent out there banging on doors or something. Um, but I also see producers that are doing really well in that space. So, you know, for me, it's I know it's a tactic that some agents don't like because they feel like uh, it is a lie. Um, I don't know that it is, and there's and there's nothing in there that puts any guarantee on it. So I don't. I think that I think the FTC is just being who they are, and they're just listening to the rage mob and making a decision. Wow! Well, leave them there alone, man. Who cares what they're doing? Just go do your thing. I don't disagree in the sense that. Okay, so here's I'll. I'll Kind of, again, we're, we already kind of did a pre-recording on this, so you guys can see a lot more about this topic with Chris and I. But um, 
I think for new agents, it can be misleading. I think that's the part that does bother me when, when you see 140% life insurance commissions, you know, sign up. Is it possible? Yes. But the level of production to get there is so much greater than what a new agent coming in thinking, oh man, this is the largest number I've seen. I'm going to sign up with FFL. So it's, I, I see both sides of it. On one hand, yes, it's possible. But on the other hand, I think some of the ads that I saw were a little misleading. Is, is, okay. it, is it that much different than uh, William Shatner or Joe Namath commercial saying you can get up to $145 Part B give back? And in your state, there might be a 10 to $15 one and that's it, you know, or you can get four or $5,000 in comprehensive dental coverage. Like it's kind of, I mean, not fair. That's a fair statement. And that's a good comparison as a matter of fact, too. And you obviously know that one hits close to home. Uh, (laughs) So well, well done. I think I'm going to log off now. Uh, (laughs) Great. But no, that's a great, that's a really good comparison. Um, and yeah, it does fall under that same line. But again, Joe Namath ain't lying. He ain't, you know, he's not, he's just, you could, you might, if you can qualify and if you can fit in this box, you know, so it's, it's, they're leaving out or they're putting in very fine print somewhere, the rules of the box, but then they're just coming out with all the sizzle. Advertising practices like that have been around for years and years and years and right. years and years. And that right. might be part of my issue is that I've seen them so many times that I know how to read through them. So right. like, they don't even phase me. Like, you know, I don't have that naive filter. I've learned to filter those things out and go, oh, it's another, just another one of those ads, right? Or I've learned how to read ads and look for the, well, what is the maybe language? What is the if language? What is the, you know, I, yeah, I made totally from real agree. oranges does not contain real oranges. Right, right. What's right. concentrate? Is this juice? Right. So, I mean, it's yeah. the same right. kind of thing. Not so, real orange juice? I'm just kidding. Yeah. There's a, there's a commercial out there talking about orange juice. And they're like, made from real oranges. And in the background, you hear the guy, does not contain real oranges. <laughs> so, so Tony, I, I have a question that I wanted to ask you if we could shift gears a little bit from this. Because I, I love this topic. We could probably talk yeah. about it the rest of the episode. But I don't want to take too much sure, shine away from like. the other one. We already recorded about it. Um, cause I think that's a great episode. So you guys will yeah. want to watch for that one. But, um, one thing that I, I, I find really interesting is, you know, the last year, maybe year and a half, two years, I, I'm not exactly sure how long now, but, um, with, with grace coming into the business, right. And Ooh. you guys kind of starting your agency, um, kind of on the back of, of what you guys are doing. Um, I know that, you know, you've been in the industry a long time, but, can you talk a little bit about that experience and like it has has it has has have you learned anything that maybe you feel like is dramatically different in today's day and age in terms of building an, a, a business and um, also like what has the experience been like of kind of building that agency right because you know I know you've worked with PSM as long as you have but like building that agency is probably a completely different experience right uh, night and day. Truthfully, I mean, there's a lot of overlap and similarities, right? Some of the same types of tools, but different, um, different purposes, right? I mean, I have a CRM at PSM, but I would never use that CRM in my agency and they would never use a CRM. I'm right. Does that make sense? Right. So, so there's right. some overlap in some different areas as far as functionality goes, but 
you know, the purposes of them in those regards are different. Um, what have I learned? The biggest thing I've learned is just the shift in technology and how you can move information around in regards to your leads and your marketing. And that's so much different. I mean, previously when I was in the field regularly, uh, you either picked up the phone or you mailed them stuff or you knocked on their door. That was the only three ways. There was no email marketing. There was no Facebook, no Facebook ads, no Google ads. There was yellow pages, the newspaper, your knuckles, Careful. your ability to pick up a phone or the mail. Those you're, are your aging, options. you're aging yourself, Tony. Be careful there. <laughs> Yeah, it was an easier time to do business, but it was harder to make a lot of money because you yeah. couldn't see as many people. You can only see as what you can physically get to or call. And phone sales wasn't really good in the Medicare space because no, nobody had any app. Right. And most seniors didn't work sitting around with the fax machine and most carriers didn't even accept a fax app anyway. We were still mailing our stuff in most of the time. It wasn't until around 2005 or even six that fax app programs started to become more mainstream. And that was even funny because when they came out with their jet issue fax app programs, none of the carriers would give you a one-sided app. They were all two-sided that came out of a perforated booklet you had to tear. So it, it was more of a pain in the ass than it was an actual convenience sometimes. Um, but, you know, so again, it was, it was simpler to do business, but it was hard to make a lot of money. Now it's harder or just more tedious to do business really at a high volume. With, tech, with all the different technology and all the new products that are out there. But it's easier to make a ton of money. It is easier to make a ton of money in this business than it was. Hey, Miss Jones, I'm slam. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Now, slam. Now, hey, now Mr. You, slam. Now, now you basically have, you know, a Zapier tool connecting with a Go High Level, and you're basically same thing. Same but thing in at front a of mass volume. Capacity. Right. I mean, you talk, I don't know how familiar you are with Mike Moore, the no call broker. That dude doesn't, he doesn't call anyone to present products. He has a chat bot that presents everything from the Facebook lead all the way to, yes, I agree. I want to enroll in that bright healthcare bronze plus plan. And then he picks up the phone and builds their sandwich. That's pretty much what he's reduced himself to in that regards. But obviously he's a genius engineer, but he's really an order taker. And I don't mean that if he sees this and I've already told him this, he should know. I don't think, I think that's offensive or I'm using that offensively. The dude is an absolute genius in what he created. He's in my opinion, that's the Holy grail of a lot of agents are like, how do I get so much business yeah. that I have a tool that just runs it all. And all I do is close business constantly. Yeah. That's all I do. That's, that's how you make a scalable sales system too. That's how you create something super scalable. You can't, what I can tell you after doing this for as long as I have, scaling out salespeople is almost impossible. However, if you can dumb the process down that much, now you have a replicatable system that you can scale out because I can't tell you how many times I'm talking to an agency owner and they're like, well, so-and-so in my agency is my number one closer. They can write a hundred apps a month. It's like, well, that's awesome. Um, how do we get your other 20, 30, 40, 50 agents <laughs> to replicate that? Yeah. Doing what they're doing, because if you have one agent who's an all-star and your other agents are all kind of dragging their feet. Yeah. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. What's the, what's the point? Like, what, what are you doing? You know, Agreed. The, I the, love that. The way that I look at it, you know, in my opinion is like when I came into the business, um, what I was being taught on how to do was to pursue clients. 
right? Constantly, mm-hmm. like you're in always, them. they're always closing, right? You're, you're, you're calling them, you are chasing them for lack of a better word. Whereas, you know, I think it's never been easier than it is today to build a business to where people are pursuing you instead. And yep. you're, you're only talking with people that are interested in your product or service because you've already, you know, through algorithms, marketing, automation, you're weeding out people Branding. that don't want to talk to you. Or you've already established yourself as a professional and expert in the space and they lie, they see you and they're like, that guy's kind of cool. And I don't have hair either. So maybe we would get along and they call you. Right. They're like, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, Brian Askins talked to us, talked to said this at seminars. He's like, if you start running seminars, he's like, when those people walk in, they're Mm going to make a decision that they want to do business with you well before you ever finish your presentation. It's like, you'll be five, 10 minutes in and they'll be like, that's the guy that's going to do my Medicare. That's the guy that's taking care of my life insurance. It's like they'll make a decision that fast as long as you don't do something completely stupid afterwards. But, you know, if you act professional, there's a large group of that audience that's going to make a snap decision immediately just because they relate with you. They view the professional and you're there in front of them. The great thing about the Internet is that we can be in front of anybody at any time, any place, anywhere. So it just makes your audience so much bigger. It's like, you know, Daniel Degato said it at 8 percent. It's the great multiplier. The internet is. Ooh, I like that. The great and multiplier. It, it, it's very true too, because like to kind of have the same kind of impact on your business, hell, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, it would take hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment into traditional marketing, right? Like billboards, mm-hmm. TV ads, you know, whatever it might be, to where today you could spend a fraction of that, you know, I mean, if maybe even smaller than that. Um on the internet and you can run, you can retarget ads to where it's more efficient, right? You're only going right. to show it to the, the select audience that you have captured. Um, it's, it's interesting because um, I mean, I, I, I feel like there's never been a better time to be in our industry. I really do believe that. And I feel like there's too many agents out there that look at it from the standpoint that I have such a hard time with this technology. It's the worst time to be in the industry, which is such it's it's a it's a the wrong way you can to look. Pay at people it. to do the technology, right? Right. They're right. everywhere. Just gotta make sure you get someone that actually knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a few guys out there that pretend they know how to. Oh engineer, yeah, lots of pretenders. Go high level or something else, and they really oh, have no clue. Next thing you know, they lost your website, and you're like, "What? What yep. happened? <laughs> that happened lots, to me. Lots uh, of last <laughs> Monday, dude. I had my head in my hands. I was pissed off. Was mad. I let somebody. I needed. I needed some help solving a problem. Uh, uh, in go high level for a landing page funnel I was built and I'm not an engineer, but I, and there was little detail and I couldn't figure my head around it and I didn't have time. I had other shit I had to do. So I found someone quick. It's like, Hey, can you knock this out from like, Oh, that's a piece of cake. No problem. What do you need? I'm like, bang, bang, pound. They're like, all right, cool. Two days later, I don't hear anything. Third day. They're like, Hey, check it out. It's done. And I look back and I'm like, okay, that's not what I asked for. It's sort of done. <laughs> And where the hell did my website go? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Hang on. I'll get back to you. And then two days later, I have to call someone even smarter than that person and pay them more money to get it done for me. So there's is what it couple, is, learning curve. But yeah. there's, there's a couple people that I think have either, you know, I've been able to learn things from over the past couple mm-hmm. of years that have helped me in my business. Because, like, I feel like there's multiple ways to get people to call you, right? Like, there's content marketing. There's 
you know, very, you know, ninja style retargeted ads. There's telemarketing. You know, I, I put Glenn in there like Glenn, you know, through since I've gotten to know Glenn, we've been able to do a lot of pre-scheduled appointments, custom calling, like things for, for us to kind of fill my calendar, fill agents calendars, things like that. Um, I put Glenn in that category because it's essentially like you're, 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 you're outsourcing work, right. Um, of, of setting the appointment of finding an interested person. Um, but like a couple people that come to mind for me is like Justin Thomas, you know, Justin Thomas is a guy that teaches agents how to do this themselves in terms of like the digital marketing side, like right. his, his approach is like, you should learn how to do this stuff. And I, and I can teach you and shit, he can teach you. <laughs> um, I, mean, I need to spend you know. more time with him. So I, I don't mind learning to do it. And I don't mind beating my head against the wall to learn to do it, but I only want to learn to do it to the point that I can communicate with someone better than I'm paying. Right. Yeah. That way I can manage the job better. And I know what they're talking about when they tell me that the widget did the thing with the deal and the stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Right <laughs> and yeah, and I, I, I agree though, you know, with what you said though, too, Tony, like there's such a thing and it comes back with what Glenn was talking about at the beginning here about valuing mm -hmm. your time. Right. And not getting sucked into spending eight hours trying to build a landing page or something like that. Like you have to find that balance. I feel. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's dangerous if you hire someone to do a task that you literally have no idea how to do. And, and now you're in uncharted territory. My favorite thing to do is to hire someone to do something where I'm very confident in, in what the task should look like, how much time it should take, because then it's easy to manage expectations. But if you hire someone to do something and you have no idea how to do it, it's easy to get swindled. Like Tony was saying there about the pretenders. Um, I do want to jump on this question really fast. We've got, we have Jeff hitting us with all these questions. I love it. Um, Glenn, I know you built a business on Philippine telemarketing out of the Philippines, which Christian just referenced a minute ago. Have you thought about a U.S. based telemarketing company with American accents or have you already, or do you already have that? I know the cost is lower out of the Philippines and that you have a great process overseas, but can you recreate that here in the U.S.? at a higher cost, of course. So great question, Jeff. Early on, I actually thought I could kind of have a hybrid model where I could have uh, a stateside call center and maybe it's like I'm charging a premium for that. Um, maybe it's in conjunction with the, with the Philippines. Um, but <laughs> the problem is to have kind of a similar cost structure where I'm paying someone here stateside to do phone calls at 10 to $15 an hour, they don't even have remotely the same type of work ethic that a Filipino has. And, and even if the efficiency of an American is two to three times higher, right? So even if I can pay someone 15 bucks an hour and the math makes sense and the agent can, you know, all the marketing makes sense, the problem is, and we're seeing, I think the pandemic has just put a spotlight on this, right? Is that these, the lower wages just, it doesn't motivate, I guess, people here. I don't, I don't want to label people, I guess. I don't want to say like entry level workers at 10 to $15 an hour are just lazy and they don't have a work ethic. But that's been my experience, you know. I hate to say that, but that really I tried multiple times. I tried to hire people stateside, pay them a fair wage. <coughs> the 
the work, it, they, they either fizzled out fast, they did great work, but they were done after a certain amount of time, or they just never, never got to it. They just, they couldn't replicate the success I was having with the Filipinos, who every day, you guys, this is the phone. They're hammering the phone and they're crushing it. And, and the phone still works, you know? So Jeff, I hope that kind of answers your question in a nutshell. I'm probably going to get canceled after this show. No <laughs> <laughs> Rogan style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Take Glenn off social media <laughs> platform. Burn lead heroes. I, I can, I can say, you know, as a customer, I posted something in the Facebook group earlier today because I literally get asked as much as anything questions about lead heroes. Like I'm, Right. Like I own lead. I saw that. Like, yeah. and um, I, I was really hoping that um, it would put it to rest that like, I'm just a consumer like everybody else. Right. Like I can tell you my experience, but like, I don't want to tell you my, my freaking experience. That's not paying me anything um, all day. If I'm just telling you about lead heroes all day, like I love right. Glenn. Don't you like, have a published Google review? <laughs> just pin have, that at the top. For everybody with lead heroes questions, look here. I'll do you something better. I have or I'm kicking two, you out of maybe my group. three YouTube vi- vi- yeah, videos about reviewing. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, but but essentially, you know, um, I I can say, you know, as a customer, you know, of Lead Heroes on the lead gen side, and then you know, recently on the virtual assistant side, I have found that to be very true. You know, the work ethic and um, you know, the amount, I mean it's absolutely unbelievable. And that's like, with, especially with the virtual assistant, I've really noticed that. Like I have people that I've paid, you know, I've started them at $15 an hour years ago, you right. know, and um, I couldn't get them to do anything. I could barely get them to come into work. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can say, you know, it's been, it's, it's been very, the comments are distracting me. But is that, I, no, yeah, I, mean, I want to be. Hey, I, I want to be really there. concise. I don't know. I, if you're hang on, because they're anonymous. I want to be really concise with an answer here because I feel like I monologue and I lost myself for a minute. So I want to be really concise with this answer. Okay, so when I take an entry level Filipino worker versus an entry level American worker, that Filipino worker is going to work harder and and has a longer longevity than that entry-level american worker i don't i can't necessarily speak to exactly why that is i've tried the experiment multiple times and the filipino wins every single time i don't i'm not saying all Americans. wait 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 wait, wait you're just saying american people are entitled right <laughs> wait 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 um, <laughs> so lazy americans it's so much trouble <laughs> oh my gosh tony no i knew tony was gonna be the death of me <laughs> that's really funny um <laughs> that's that's what's happened Hey, I think this is a good possible transition. I, I did want to. Yes. I did want to talk to Glenn Segway about us, Christian. Take I just, us anywhere I, from here. I, I wanted to. I wanted to talk. I wanted to hear about um, the Valentine's Day sale. Yes, T- turning sixty-five. This is actually something I did want to talk about because this is such a hot topic. Tony, you are absolutely one of the best people to talk to about this. Before we get into turning sixty-five leads. I want to talk about the turning 65 market. Um, I think there is some 
what's exaggerations. There's some, uh, I think, misunderstandings that agents have about the turning 65 market, what it is, what it isn't. Um, you know, people always talk about, oh, there's 10,000 people turning 65 every day or 11,000 people in the United States turning 65 every single day. And that sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not. When you put it in the scheme of marketing and you're looking at all the other players who are targeting the turning 65 market. Tony, what do you think about the turning 65 market? I don't have any issues marketing to it. I'm getting close to 2% return on my direct mail. Um, you know, I probably, I'm sure there's, I know, I shouldn't say I'm sure, I know there's other guys out there that are crushing me through Facebook leads because they're better at it than I am. I'm still getting, still learning that craft and trying to get better at it. But thanks to my partners at Lead Concepts, I've got the T65 market slamming in uh, Texas and we're about to crank it up a notch um, with some other assets that we're plugging into it. It's a huge market and and no, don't look at it at 10,000 a day, although that is a good number. What you should really look at is your business at the end of the tunnel, which for me, in my opinion, is 2030. And by 2030, we're going to have close to 80 million people on Medicare. That's 80 million potential customers for any one of us out there. That number is ridiculous. You'll never get it all. I don't care how hard you try, because the truth is you only need 0.01% of that market to make two and a half million dollars in annual renewals. Ooh, I love that. So number. look at it from that perspective and you'll realize, no, it's not oversaturated. There's a reason that Walmarts and Amazons and Googles are getting involved is because they realize that it is so big. They can carve out a piece of the pie themselves. So find out a way to go get you 8,000 clients over the next eight years. Figure that number out and go make you two and a half million annual renewals and go live however, whatever life you want. Um, it's doable and you should never think it's doable. Yes, there's competition. But then some of that competition's changing. I mean, uh, CMS and uh, what is it? TCPA are coming after right. the call centers and third party marketers. Yep, We could very well see some shifts in what call centers are allowed to do, uh, yes. what marketers are allowed to do. Yes, And that's gonna, that's at least, it's at least going to shake it up for a while before they figure out the loophole or how to circumvent that. So there's going to be a period of time where there are going to be more, there's going to be more leads up for the rest of us average Joes for a bit. So there's going to be a period where you're not going to be dominated in the lead space like we used to be. It's still going to be competitive, but that's what makes it good. Right. I mean, this is a, a very simple analogy, but when Papa John's is looking to expand their pizza franchises, and they look at a town, they don't go, oh, shucks, Pizza Hut's already there. We can't go there. We're going to look for another town. No, they look at it and they go, shit, those people must like pizza. We better open <laughs> up another location. Yes. And that's so, not going to be your view as a business person going into market. Yes, it's competitive, <coughs> and that's what you want, because that's what's going to help you win business. You just got to outdo your competition in service and, and, and so forth. I mean, I was having lunch with an agent yesterday that's one of the biggest producers in the South Texas Valley for the Hispanic market in the Medicare space. He's monstrous. And he has a boatload of competition all around him pulling business. Yeah. I'm on the phone pulling business out of the Valley in Texas. Like even as good as that dude is and have what a great reputation, he still can never get a hundred percent of the pie. It's impossible. If I mean, we wouldn't do turning 65 market if it didn't work. Right. I would right. drop it. 
We've got plenty of other marketing stuff going on at Lead Heroes. I would drop turning 65 if it wasn't. It definitely still works. And I loved that the small fraction of a percent that you just quoted, Tony. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, do the math. And that's at street level commissions, which if you're doing that volume, you're probably not getting. Exactly. The I think where some of the misunderstanding comes from or the, the expectations are misrepresented in an agent's head is I think they get a turning 65 prospect on the phone and they're thinking like, oh, this person has to sign up and I've got this in the bag. There is competition. There are other agents. There are call centers. Uh, there are seniors who are becoming increasingly savvy where they know a lot about Medicare. I mean, Christian and I were talking about his podcast, the Everything Medicare podcast. I believe my mother actually listened to his podcast without talking to me. And I was like, Mom, don't you dare listen to that podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is, is there's a lot of a lot of noise, I guess. And I think for some agents, they get shocked by that. Yeah. Or they're like, I called five people. They responded to my marketing and none of them signed up with me. Man, this this is just not going well. Well, no. <laughs> you know where I stand on this topic. <laughs> be ready to fight. Be ready this to fight my, for I that lead. This is where my moniker came so from. I, I think, we're talking about this I, topic. Yeah. I think, I think um, one thing that's important to mention, and Tony, I'm sure you'll agree with this. And Glenn, I'm sure you'll agree with it too. Um mm-hmm. When don't, you assume, first, don't you dare assume. assume my I'm identity. My gender, I mean, <laughs> um, anyway, I thought we we're supposed to be politically correct now. Um, anyway, so I think when we, we, we talk about a lot of things and we've talked about a lot of them on this stream so far about, you know, that are fairly high level topics, right? Like marketing, automation, um, the whole nine yards, right? But when you first get into the business and nobody knows you, I think a lot of agents might come in with the false expectation that they're going to be an order taker like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the beginning, to build a business and to build some kind of reputation and to learn and to cut your teeth and kind of figure out where you stand in this niche, you have to claw, fight, um, and you have to sell. Yep. And that means not a hundred percent closing ratio. No one in the world has a hundred percent close ratio. Um, and I, yeah, nobody, I, I don't care who you are, any industry period. It's impossible. Right. And you might and, go um, five for five, but that's, that's the best you're going to do. Right. I mean, it's, and so I, I think, you know, a lot of agents, they come into the business and they're expecting to be order takers. Whereas like you might have to start off with, you know, you get a batch of direct mail leads the first four or five that you call, they shut you down. They don't answer the phone. And you can't just say these leads suck and walk away from it. It's never the lead. It's the person that's working the lead, um, which is not a shot at anybody. It's more so just to kind of speak to the fact that there might be something you can tweak in your approach that might work better in the next five leads that you call, right? So you need to essentially revamp your process, change your script, um, have some guidance and some mentorship in terms of the proper way to call these leads and you might be able to close 20 percent of them and strike out on 80 percent of them which is you still said, which is still a great return of investment yep you said it perfectly there um in regards to you might need some coaching or some mentorship and so which was the 
question I was going to ask you earlier, but you answered it. But that question is, so everybody understands where I'm coming from. Um, if an agent is coming into insurance for the first time, whatever the space is, and they're naive enough to believe that this isn't going to be a hard job and that they're just going to pick up phones and call leads and those are sales, they're not just names on pieces of paper. Yes. Whose fault yeah. is that? That is such a great question. And that Whose fault is, is that, that an agent walks into that situation with that mindset? That's the core of the issue I was getting out with the turning 65 leads at the turning 65 market. It's not it, the agent's fault. Right. I mean, I'll admit if, if you really are that naive, you're pretty naive, but nonetheless, All right. not trying to be rude in that regards too late though, but Glenn already got us canceled earlier yeah, with, his, yeah. with his IST <laughs> comments, but uh, <laughs> um, it's the mentor's fault. It's the coach's fault. You don't let your yeah. agent get on the phone and think, all right, this big stack of leads are all sales. You're going to be a millionaire. But no, you get them on, you go, hey, you see this list of 200 people right here? You're going to start calling it. Chances are you're not going to make any sales. The prop, but there are people. Let's out just be there. honest. But like that's me, how you get an agent prepared for the phone. There, I'm also encountering agents who are being sold that idea. Understood. And this and goes full circle back to. The this other, goes back to the FFL. I, I know. I, I think like, it all ties together. It really does. I I think I think there's there's um there there's never absolutes, right? I think that there are situations that are going to fall on both sides of the fence. Because like I I know I've had agents with me. There's one that comes to mind, and I'll be very nice about this, but um that worked with me my first year bringing on agents. She was one of my first ten, and I was learning how to be a mentor. I was learning how to be an upline. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's possible that maybe some of it maybe fell on me, but she was coming from the call center world. She was used to having her phone ring, pick up the phone and she would take orders. That's what she was used to. And, yeah. um, you know, she, she got started and, um, she kind of got started relatively right before AEP. We ended up, you know, getting her some co-op money and, you know, which I, and looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have done as much as we did at all because she hadn't written any apps or anything like that, but we got her some co-op money. And she got, I want to say, in a very difficult market to pull direct mail response rates, she got like 60, 70, 80 leads somewhere in there. She called the first four or five. And um, and I'm I'm not the type of person, I think anybody that works with me would say, I'm not the type of person that isn't anything but realistic. If anything, I'm probably more pessimistic when I'm talking to agents about results. I, I, I never want somebody to feel like I overpromised and underdelivered as a, as an upline or a mentor. So I'm trying to be sure. very realistic. Um, and she called the first four leads, the first five leads that, that example I gave earlier was a true story. You know, she got shut down, got rejected, and she wanted to just throw a whole batch of leads out and get new leads. And, um, she's calling me on October 14th when I'm out selling, you know, <laughs> Um, demanding more leads. And it was just a really messy situation. You know, it was like a, yeah. a pretty big blow up at the time. And, um, you know, and, and since, and since then she's gone to about four different IMOs, probably sold a total of four or five policies. And I know, because I know the IMOs, but, um, but, but to say, I, I feel like there's situations on both ends. I think sometimes it's the mentor, but sometimes it's the agent too. Well, it's certainly there's ownership in both regards, but I think ultimately if you're coaching someone 
I mean, if you're and if you're stone cold independent, you think you have that kind of skill set, and you just go get some contracts, and you wake up in your house, right? And you're like, I'm going to call some leads, and your attitude is, uh, every one of these is going to be a sale. Yeah, you definitely own that yourself. Right. Like you should not right. be in this business if you don't already understand sales, and that it's a numbers game. Like you're 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 wrong already, right? But if a new agent that's that naive to believe that when they get a stack of leads, they're all sales, and if the first four suck, the whole batch sucks, that's bad coaching in my opinion. Right. right. It could be a bad business person too, but that's only if you take ownership, like, well, I'm just going to go buy leads and send it home. And wow, look at all these people that want to buy my product. This is going to be a cakewalk. And then you're like, what the hell? That guy told me to No, <laughs> these it's leads suck. So... I, that vendor's terrible. And then they jump on Google and they rip you. And you know, that's, <laughs> that's just bad ownership. But I wanted, I want hang on Glenn. Yeah, Cause yeah. I've been wanting to say this for a while, no, just to make sure it. this is understood. If there are any naive agents out there that happen to be watching this, thinking that it's thinking that it should be easy, but also not wanting to get into the insurance space because it looks hard. I have, I've been doing sales my entire life, which is at this point is about 31 years of sales. Uh, only I have never, and I've done all kinds <laughs> of sales. I've sold cars. I've sold knives. <laughs> Um, I've sold insurance. I've sold uh, sports promotions and golf course packages and baseball tickets. Um, I've sold door to door. I've sold retail. I've sold phone. I have sold everything. And no matter how good my product was and no matter how non-competitive my territory was, I never batted better than between one and 10 and one and three for 10. Occasionally we'd get some That's, superstar streak right. where you're running four for 10 for a while. But my averages were always between, it was either one out of 10 was a customer or the three out of 10 was a customer. That was it. And that's in every business I've ever done that sales. That's just a game. It's a numbers game. I don't care how good you are. You're usually not going to get more than about 30% of your customers. And this is based on calling leads, right? This isn't based on people calling you. Like you're not going to get 10 phone calls that want to do business with you and, 10, and seven of them tell you to kick rocks and the other three buy. I'm talking about you doing the out. This is outbound marketing whether it's door knocking, phone dialing, direct mail campaigns, et cetera, whatever that is, when you're the one having to initiate contact, uh, it's called uh, interruptive marketing because you're interrupting that person's life to try to sell something to them. You're never going to do better than about three out of 10 in most cases. I mean, maybe Eugene Manchico can do a little better because he is sick on the phones, but most people bar none, if you can crank out three out of 10 cold leads, you're good at sales mm -hmm. and just be happy and go get your trophy and cash your check. Yeah. I might clip that out and like send that to agents because that's yeah, how yeah. gold that what Tony just said, you guys, I mean, I can't stress that enough. So like if I'm talking to an, and I complain to Christian all the time privately about this, sometimes publicly, even on the show, <laughs> it takes me all of about five minutes of interacting with an agent to know, if they've been licensed for less than a year or more than a year, yeah, because yeah. the agents who have been licensed less than a year, they come in with these expectations sometimes like we've been talking about um, where they do think they should be like, they'll say, Oh, well, I'll, I bet I could close a hundred percent of these Glenn. This is great. I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's in pot. That doesn't, no one does that. Oh, well, no, I mean, I mean like 50%. And I'm like, oh no, Still oh, no. oh no, because that's the, the, the truth is exactly what Tony just said. 10 to 30% is, is like, that's the number I've always heard. That's the number I've always been comfortable with. That's standard sales metrics, man. 
Yeah. And you're it, dialing it, cold leads. It really is. And I when mean, someone, even when I was at Sears in college selling washers and dryers, and uh, dude, I had the best territory. I had the best machine and I had a bunch of rich people walking into Sears. I never sold every single customer that hit my showroom. I was in the nicest area of Boston that was growing the fastest, selling the number one product in that space. And I still, every person that walked in and looked at a washer dryer, I didn't sell. I didn't sell everyone. You can't. It's impossible to get the whole Tony, I sold appliances at Sears. We are freaking brothers. I made a rip of money as a college kid selling washers and dryers. I was making like 50 Gs in 1994 as a U of H freshman. Selling, I was working like 28, was, 30 hours a week. Hey, it was awesome. It was all about those warranties, though, huh, boss? The maintenance agreements. Yeah, baby. That's where the big commissions were at. Well, okay, well, you know, the, the one. Uh, the let's see here. Work. We're going to have to look at you. Sold a lot of washers and dryers, but um, your MA, your maintenance agreement numbers, they're a little low. The original bundling. Yes, MPA. The baby, original bundle. That drove those those MPAs, which was insurance, right? We were essentially selling insurance. Yeah. That drove like 30. I heard it was like 30% of Sears' bottom line. Probably Came. so. Yeah. That's probably from- about right. Because most people never used them because they no. built kick-ass machines anyway. I mean, the Kenmore washers and dryers back then. I've still got a pair that I've had for oh, yeah. 12, 13 years. Yeah. All I've had to do is clean the lint filter and a couple items. They're, they work like champs. So, I mean, yeah, the odds that you're going to actually ever use that maintenance agreement, come on, man. So that was a straight jelly for them. God. I just and those. All ten, and here's an, and let's hit that I metric again, too. I might sell 10 people in this week washes and dryers. I was only getting about two or three of them on that MA, on that maintenance agreement. And they were already my customers. Now, yeah. call me a bad salesperson. I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to testify that I'm not <laughs> the best, but I'm good. But even as an average salesperson, I'm only going to bat about 30% on an add-on product for a customer that already trusted me. Realistic expectations. If there was something I could take to the Department of Insurance, right? So to circle back to the start of our conversation, you know, Tony speaking at 8% Roadshow, why is it called 8%? 92% of agents fail. If I could, if I could sit down with uh, a a commissioner, right? Or the, the DOI, Department of Insurance, I would say the number one reason agents are failing out is is their expectations are not realistic when they come into the business. If there was if there was something they could do at the licensing stage, since they're interacting with all of these agents at the licensing stage, setting realistic expectations about all of this, about 10 to 30 percent being realistic closing numbers with interruptive marketing about income. What, what type of income you can actually expect your first year as an agent, some ballpark numbers, stuff like that, because these agents that come in and whether it's their mind is just wrong or they got sold a pie in the sky, those are the agents that come in and they just flare out. In the so that means that all of us need to gather together and write a little pamphlet that everybody who applies for a license in any state, here's there's a required documentation we have to hand you. And then it's all of us as insurance agents go, you're crazy, number one. You can make a shitload of money in this business, a whole lot, but it's going to be real hard. Yeah. And just blow out that little document. Scare a few people. I don't It won't work. We could do that until we're blue in the face. It doesn't work. There's definitely some people that can pass a test that shouldn't be in the industry. Well, it's only a 70. So going back to what he says, they have 
their expectations are too high or whatever. That's the barrier of entry so low. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's because you only make a 70, although that's a big part of it. You know, I mean, I would still be an agent because I know I blitzed it. I probably made a hundred. I killed it. But they don't tell you that in Texas. They're like, you passed. I'm like, I know I aced it. I just tell me. She's like, hey, you passed. That's all it says. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, the barrier of entry is so low. You know, there's no low. major cost of entry. You can, 50 bucks, you're a licensed agent. Go get some contracts and don't sell any insurance for that FMO that massive ass recruit you. So we have we have a question <laughs> I want to get to. I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Tony Merwin, everybody. That's the business, isn't it? That's oh, 92% of it. We've got no. we have one question here uh, from a commenter I want to get to. And then after that, let's I would like to respect everyone's time. We're at that hour mark and and do some uh, final thoughts from Tony, Christian, and myself. So the, the question I want to get to first, though, before final thoughts, what is the ballpark someone can expect to make first year? I love I'd that question. I'd say 40. I'd say 40K. Independent agent working 50 hours a week, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe less, depending on how good you are. But I'd say 40K is pretty solid. I think I think that's pretty pretty spot on. Like for me, I started halfway through the year. I started in June. So I had a, my first calendar year. I had full six months. And that calendar year, I made maybe a little bit under 25. Um, so that's... You know, and I've heard Danielle Kunkel Roberts say on several occasions, I think she made between 25 and 30 her first year, you know, so I, th- I made less than 20 my first year. I was terrible. I made I more money building bar stools. I think the X factor is sales experience. That was 04. So if you come into this industry and you're a sales <clears throat> all-star, you have a ton of sales experience behind you, you could probably make 40 or 50k pretty easily yeah. work first. ethic too could kind of yeah. be that other x factor 100 right? if Hours you have both of them then yeah that's that's the when you're talking about guys like you know like justin or like cody there or whoever or even christian like after that first 25 like you went out and tore it up so i mean you know there are those guys that are just maniacs Bubba LeBron james and the yeah Kobe, you know the sick naturally people. talented they're gonna and hard-ass it. workers too yeah. yeah super super strong work ethic so those, those people are the exception. I think the majority, and if you looked at like the statistics behind it, it's probably more like 20 to 30K is yeah. probably what you're really going to make your first year in this business. It's, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, you guys. It's really not. And if you think that, you're probably 100% wrong. So, <laughs> so I, my 40 I, number yeah. wasn't necessarily a take-home number. So right. someone that was kind of a gross up. Right. 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 So, someone that I want to quote that we don't quote often on the show, but I think I think they said it really well. And I'm not gonna steal their thunder, you know. But um Chris Westfall said one time in a video that I watched years ago, <laughs> he said that um the Medicare business is a get rich for sure, get rich slow industry. Um, get rich slow, get rich for sure. Yeah, I think it's it something along the lines of that. And I, I thought that was perfectly said. Yeah. You're, you can Love suck it. at insurance and make a lot of money. You're just going to have to, it's just going to take you a little longer. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. tell you how many Medicare agents I know who just kept the pace for five to 10 years and now they have more money than they can possibly dream of you guys. Right. I, I promise you, I'm not making that up. I, I regret that I came into the business on the life side. I wish I had spent all those years selling on the on the Medicare side and not the life side. Well, I've I've been sending you contracts for the last six months. Yeah. Never fill them out. Piece of shit. <laughs> and that's a true story, by the way. That's that's not, I'm not just story. talking. 
Nice. Um, final thoughts, Mr. Merwin, our, our special guest today. Again, appreciate your time. Love that we were able to do this. Always a yeah. great time chatting with you. We could probably go three more hours. Um, guys, Tony will be, all three of us will be in a room together this year at the Six Figure Medicare Agent Summit. So I'm excited about that. Meeting Tony in person. I haven't done that yet. Tony, final thoughts on, on today's episode. Episode was great. That was a lot of fun. Um, even though my, I had to wait so long that my tacos were cold by the time I got to them. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, it was outstanding. I always enjoy hanging out with you guys. So anytime y'all invite me on, I'm I'm going to drop pretty much anything I can to come do it. Um, other than that, you know, if if you are listening out there and you like to go to events, there's a ton of events. Christian's going to have a phenomenal event coming up in June in Salt Lake. I can't wait for that one. Uh, but if you are at an event, you see me there speaking or hanging out, don't be shy. Come talk to me. I'd love to hear about your business and just chat it up. And if you're a drinker, uh, I'll bill Christian uh, for some beers. Mules, Moscow mules. There you go. Mules, mules. Christian, final thoughts. Um, <clears throat> Tony, thank you again for coming on. A amazing yeah. episode. Um, we expect nothing less when you come on because every episode that you come on is phenomenal. So thank you yeah. for your time and sharing your expertise. Um yeah, guys, I would say um, make sure that you're going to some events this year. If there's any coming to your area, like if there's the road show coming to your area, go see Tony. Um, I mean, I don't know how if you guys spend the you know the the whole night at the at the road show events, but like if you've never experienced two a.m. Tony, there you haven't really lived. Um, <laughs> and you know, and. Um, yeah, I, nothing more to be said. I would say another thing, guys, um, I, I don't mean to self-plug, but I'm going to just for a second here. Um, get your summit tickets because they're I'm emceeing. Go... Don't worry yeah. about him or him. I'm emceeing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We're going to light mean, it up. They're, they're, they're going to be gone fast. I mean, it's just going to happen. Um, and, you know, we've, we've already sold a tremendous amount of them. Um, we have two speakers that we haven't announced yet. One of them I've completely oh. confirmed and it's going to be a huge name. And um, I mean, if you wait till the last second and you don't get your tickets, you're going to want, you're, you're going to be, you're probably going to have be having um, regret over not getting them sooner. Um, Glenn will be speaking. Glenn's going to kill it. Tony's going to be the MC. <laughs> He's going to kill it. So um, what are you speaking on Glenn cross marketing, long-term care? Yeah, there's a big long-term care. <laughs> How do you use a virtual assistant to get long-term care policies? Guys, get your notebooks out. We're mining for long-term care today. Nice. <laughs> um, where, Glenn, where are you having the event again? Ooh, great question. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. It's going to be June 10th, 11th, Salt Lake City, Utah, um, my hometown. And, you know, I'm I'm really excited because I feel like there's a ton of people that haven't been to Salt Lake. Like Justin Thomas sent me a promotional video the other day and it's going to come out on the YouTube channel later this week. So watch for that. But he said, basically in the video, I've been to every other state except for Utah, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've flown through Salt Lake. I never got to experience it. It's inc it's incredible in June in the summer. Um, it's really nice. I mean, you, the mountains are right there in the city. Um, it's a clean city. There's a lot of very nice, wonderful people, and um, it's going to be a blast. So you guys are going to want to be there. I meant where, like, 
Is it at your house? Is it the yeah, Motel Six uh, down yeah, the street? I, I understood. The where, like, where are you throwing the like have the local ever, Panera? Ever, Do you rent out a section of the Panera bread? <laughs> we don't have Panera bread, but um, oh. have you ever have you ever seen one of those um, backyard weddings? It's basically going to be that, but backyard um, wedding. Are we going to have a a balloon jump trampoline thing to jump around in? There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, it's going to oh, be a blast, guys. Nice place, wasn't it? Hotel. The Radisson, um, that's right. The Radisson. Radisson Hotel, downtown Thank Salt Lake City. Um, if if any of you are interested in um, you know Utah culture, it is literally across the street from the Mormon Tem- Temple, um, <laughs> right there. So they're, re- they're, they're redoing it right now, but it should be done by June. So Cool, cool. A lot of money got put into that temple. Trying to, I'm yeah. sure it did. Yeah. Trying to get and um, it ties into the, the Medicare industry in some capacity. If any of you guys want to know, talk to me at the summit about it. I'll tell you all about it. But um, Glenn, final thoughts. Yes. Uh, loved this. Love that we were able to go live uh, and, and having you on, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two quick final thoughts. One, that 10 to 30 percent, uh, the sales kind of rule of thumb, you know, coming from the sales guru here, Tony Merwin, he's been selling all sorts of stuff for 30 plus years. And I love that we both sold master protection agreements. I'm going to be, I'm going to like be thinking about my master protection agreement pitch. Now I feel like all night. (laughs) Careful how fast you say that. That's kind of a tongue twister. It is. It is. Um, But I love the 10 to 30, keeping your, keeping those realistic expectations and chasing that 10 to 30 and not focusing on the 70 to 90 that told you no, because that's, that's a huge piece of it too, is I'll see agents that get focused on the 70, 80, 90% that tell them no, and that's all they see. And then they lose, they lose sight of the profitability at that 10 to 30% close rate. So that's, that's one thing I absolutely loved. Uh, and then guys turning 65 leads, we have a promotion right now at lead heroes. You can get a turning 65 prospect for $25 at a fixed cost. If you go to leadheroes.com, that's only till Valentine's Day. Yes, we love you at Lead Heroes, but that love ends at midnight on Valentine's Day. So get there. Get your $25 turning 65 leads. Appreciate all of you watching, listening. Fantastic episode, you guys. Good stuff. Just excited to get my 25% royalty for ownership on that. Dude, you as got a, it. As yes. a lead hero civilian. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> need a civilian I need affiliate program. Money, dude. Let's talk about that. <laughs> That's what we need. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody that watches, anybody that watches the replay. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, of course, you know what to do. Like, comment your thoughts, questions, um, things you loved, things you absolutely detested about the episode. I want to know it all. Um, and make sure to hit the subscribe button. Make sure to hit the notification bell so you're notified when we upload. And um, see you guys next Tuesday. Keep eating tacos and um, 